What is this? Nerds on film. Nerds on film. Nerds on book. Nerds on film. Nerds on Nerds on Nerds on intersectionality. Nerds on We are Nerdonomy. Nerds, welcome back. I am so glad we are all together again. For those listening at home, welcome to the Nerdonomy podcast. This is episode zero, as it were. Episode zero. So let me introduce you to how things are going to work on this new show. You're going to notice that this show has a rotating table of both hosts and guests. A lot of those hosts you're going to recognize from previous podcasts. Some of those hosts will be new. Either way, there will be a feeling of the familiar in every episode. Can we mention what the old ones, what the old shows were, just to remind people? Of course. We started off as both Nerds on History and Nerds on Film, two separate podcasts. And now we have decided to not just join, but become a megazord, if you will, of podcasts. Yes. Because we talk yes. about... Yeah. Because we talk about uh, a variety of topics that are not just going to be related to, uh, limited to history or film. So uh, what I'd like to do is I'd like to introduce myself and the hosts to you for this episode. If, in case you forgot who I was or this is your first time listening, my name is Brian Moriarty. I helped start this podcast group, and I'm super happy to be back on the mic with all of you. Uh, nice to meet you, bro. Thank you. Uh, our <laughs> next co-host, uh, another Nerdonomy veteran and another and uh, Nerds on Film co-founder. Uh, very happy to say he's been working for the last almost three years in L.A., Getting mm-hmm. work in the film industry. He uh, has credits, you, know, you guys. He, he has, has credits. credits on the image. He's on the IMDb. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Dave McGuire. Well, hello, everyone. I've missed you all. Yeah. Oh, I missed you, Dave. Um, yeah, no, I haven't missed a single Sarah. one of you. <laughs> yeah, it's because we talk all the time over uh, Facebook. Uh, then our next uh, co-host is another Nerdonomy veteran. Been there from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And uh, many words can be used to describe her. Uh, frenemy mm-hmm. is the, usually the first one <laughs> that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, intellectual superior um, oh. is another one. Darn right. Miss <laughs> wow. um, Sassy Pants, who always has an answer to everything, is another one. Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sarah, are you wearing your sassy pants? I'm wearing my plaid sassy pants because I have multiple kinds. <laughs> uh, like the, um, the 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 locked uh, panties that made Marion wears in Men in Tights. <laughs> she can the never unlock belt. them. Whoever um, has the key to that those sassy pants has the key to Sarah. Like truly. Yeah. Um, so of course uh, she needs no further introduction, Miss Sarah Ashley. Though I will say she won't be Miss Sarah Ashley for very long. No, no, it's, well, I'll always be Ms. Sarah Ashley, but now there's going to be a Mr. Ashley in a few months, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is he going to take your name? Is he going to become, is he going to become Mr. Ashley? For the sake of the podcast, yes, he's going to become Mr. Ashley because we don't reveal our real, our true last names on this podcast. No, understood. <laughs> Except for Brian and David who have revealed their last name. I was trying, I was right, trying yes. to talk in code to see if like he yes. really was in real life, but we'll talk about that. Off no, not in real life. No, he is not. I'm, I'm probably going to have two last names. Sarah, he has to have a Cockney accent because you know. Oi, Sarah Ashley. I'm Sarah Ashley. You know, I'm Mr. Ashley. <laughs> Oi, Mr. Ashley. I am. Oh, I'm Mr. Ashley. It's almost like they're gonna do a, a, a drinking song together. Um, our, our next. I'll actually, I'll see if Reed can actually do a Cockney accent. I'm sure he would love to do that. <laughs> I'll get him working on it. I can find him a dialect dialect coach. Um, 
our He's next very good at accents oh okay good to know good to know uh, our next coast for the episode coast who's kind of like a host <laughs> it's a co-host jesus we're calling her co-host Ryan. now it's that's how you, you say it now i think that's how you say it in in uh, sweden uh you made co-host. a mistake Ryan. own up to it uh yeah i mean don't pull a trump uh, Come on. uh here we go yeah it's gonna be hard to kafif that but um anyway so <laughs> <laughs> go so. on oh, shake that rust off guys <laughs> <laughs> it's fine we're gonna keep the conversation loose and improvisational there are no mistakes um <laughs> So, so orange. (laughs) Yeah, so it's fine. Uh, Our last co-host for tonight's episode is another Neuronomy veteran. She's been on Nerds on Film for five years. And she is now, we can now officially address her as Miss Roxana Nobari Lemift. Because she is now a licensed therapist. And I don't believe in saying monograms. I believe in making all words acronyms. So... Oh, oh man, then I can't wait till I go back to school and try to get my bud. <laughs> That's good times. Yay! Hello, everyone. Are you sure? So I'm just curious, uh, Roxy, is the next step to get your psst? Or. <laughs> the next step is to get my life back together. <laughs> yeah, that's a good step. That's a because good step. It's usually a good step pretty much sacrificed the last 10 years of my life to academia and I'm finally done and I am finally you know free at last free at last thank god almighty I'm free at last like that's truly what it feels like I felt like I was a real you know nose to the grind kind of person and now I'm finally free of that and able to do my thing and work with the families and kids that I've always wanted to and and uh, that's great we'll see where it goes yeah I'm super excited though dual licensure man it's no joke it's a lot of hard work and I'm really glad I did it but I would not recommend it to anybody <laughs> it's yeah it's just like I love being a therapist yeah. don't try to be one yourself just no just <laughs> I mean be a therapist just don't try to get two licenses in the same year god that was impossible too much, too much, too much, too much work. I, I really It's not impossible yeah. because you did it. This is true. I just, I don't know. I have a lot of mixed feelings about the whole process, and mm. the system that I work in is pretty flawed. But what system isn't, right? So Yep. Yeah. And that's why we join the system, so then we can break them down from the inside. Yes. Well said, Sarah. Yes. yes. We will infiltrate. Okay, anyway. Uh, so we ended Nerds on Film with a discussion about well about recapping the Oscars and unfortunately none of you guys were were available for that episode so we ended up doing a, a series of uh, guests co-hosts for that but uh, we thought it'd be fitting if episode mm. zero of Nerdonomy uh, was a recap of the Academy Awards so the Academy Awards were just last night the 92nd mm-hmm. Oscars and yeah, at the time of recording, of course, not at yes, the time yes. of release. Yeah, not the time of Yes, exactly. This will be released... Ten years from now, it's still the 92nd soon. Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, it's going to take ten years. Uh, I'm actually editing this on a Performa uh, from 1995, <laughs> so it'll take about ten years to render. 
We've so. converted the audio to microfiche, and he's uh, <laughs> splicing it together. It's cutting-edge technology, I promise you. Really? Uh, wave of the future, wave of the future. <laughs> no, but you know what I just realized, Brian? My first official episode as a Nerdonomy co-host was an Oscar recap episode. That's true. Or was it a recap or Whoa. actually one of our live recordings? It was our live recording. Live you were recording. a guest for the one. for the Oscars, and then we announced that you were officially going to be our new co-host. Right. I think that was 2013, yeah? Uh, yeah. 2014, I believe. A wow. lot can happen in five years. Jeez. Yeah. Six? Wow. Oh my God, Wait, we're so years. old. Dang. Yeah, Brian's married. Sarah's getting married. You're married. You've got two licenses to <laughs> therapize with people. We're all Dave's married up. and like working on freaking new Airbud movies or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a crazy time. Yeah, um, man. So Garrett let me ask. Has six children now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, turns out he, went, the other he traveled two. back in he time and impregnated Martha before <laughs> <laughs> before they got that situation locked down. So um, yes, yeah, it's crazy. And you will hear uh, other familiar old Neuronomy co-hosts on future episodes. Gina couldn't be here tonight. She will definitely be on future episodes. Sean couldn't be here tonight. He'll be on future episodes. Um, Mm -hmm. So it'll it'll be... Which means, Ellie, if you're listening... Yeah. yeah. I have a feeling that the book will have to be picked up. Whatever chapter you left off on, the story (laughs) continues. (laughs) Oh my God, please. Yes, we need to keep doing that. Uh, Okay, so that being said, talking about the Academy Awards. So... uh, I want to say first impressions, but we've actually had about 24 hours now to let it all uh, process. Um, I'll tell you my first impression. Go ahead. That was the best Eminem concert I've ever watched in my life. (laughs) You guys, my loins still have not ungirdled from the Brad Pitt, like, initial shock. I'm still very much... In my in my loins right now, <laughs> Roxy. I, uh, I my... knew your obsession for him. I, I don't mean to cut you off, but like I knew you like your love. Hold on, I'll take it. Give me a second. I knew you had such a love for him, but it wasn't until I watched the video that Brian had recorded of you. I was like, "Oh, this shit! This river runs deep." That was really <laughs> so deep. Nice reference, Dave. Dude, this that was a deep cut. I love that. I mean, that was, uh, that is a true fan. That is a true fan. (laughs) Seeing her boy get that golden statue. My God, you cried. I I literally, I I wept openly. Uh, Let's call it the legend of my downfall because damn. And it's not like he didn't already have one for being a, Producer, he just did. Mm. This is his first acting one, but this is his mm-hmm. second career Oscar, and boy, oh boy, has he did he deserve it? Oh God, what a win! Yeah, yeah. <sighs> this was definitely, I think, for him, uh, awarding the career, uh, not awarding necessarily the performance. Not that he wasn't great in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he was, but I actually thought comparing years' performances, he was better in Ad Astra than he was in uh, in mm. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Which was a very, because it was a very um, quiet performance for him. Not that, like, yes. Brad Pitt breaks into a room yelling. That's that's Tom Cruise's territory. But um, <laughs> uh, he, but he definitely, it was very, it was a very subtle performance from that. And, you know, obviously well-deserved. Yeah. I mean, he's been working his ass off um, for, for decades, and he's consistently delivered great performances. So, 
I'm very, as very happy always for him. the best. He always shines as the supporting actor. His best roles, if you look at all of his filmography, are as supporting actors, hands you know, hands down. Um, I honestly mm. could think that his best performance as a lead actor was probably Benjamin Button, and he mm. was that much closer to winning the Oscar at that time when he was nominated for lead actor. But if you notice, historically, he's always shown much better as the supporting man. It just yeah. has, it's, it's just in his wheelhouse. And I finally feel like he finally got the recognition he deserved for being the best supporting man that he's always been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, he if is a very strong character my, uh, actor. Sorry? If only he could support my my obsession for him. <laughs> I was going to say something a little bit dirtier, but. He has. It's called a guys, restraining order. I don't you I get think it? you have one. <laughs> Uh, speaking of which, we have a letter from the L.A. County Court for Miss oh, Roxana Nobari. Oh, my God. Um, now, my Brian, question I is to you. I thought you said we did... had, like, feedback or something. I was like, ooh, Nodonomy feedback. Oh, fuck, it's my restraining order. <laughs> yes. My question to you guys, though, is because I will fully admit, I think I saw two of the Best Picture nominees this year. Oh, boy. Um, just More for lack than... of time. But uh, I will say that, like, I thought I had it pegged, and I was so pleasantly surprised mm-hmm. with how it all kind of turned out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did everyone, did anyone, I'm assuming Brian probably watched all of them. I right? didn't. Did you do the I, AMC thing? So um, for new listeners, I've had a, a, an Oscar challenge I've been trying to do for five or six years now where I don't just see the best picture nominations. I also see all of the major nominations for acting and writing uh, as well. Cause usually best picture covers best directing, best editing and so forth. Um, and it did this year. Uh, I, I saw seven of the Best Picture nominations. The only two I didn't have time for were actually, weirdly enough, the ones that were the easiest to access. It was Marriage Story and The Irishman that I didn't end up watching. Um, mm. That being said, when I saw... I saw three Best Picture noms in about 24 hours. I saw 1917, Jojo Rabbit, and Parasite, all within about the span of 24 hours. Yes. And... When I saw 1917, I, I, I immediately saw why the Golden Globes went to it. And I understood, okay, this is not your... even Yes, it's so original that the Academy nominated a war movie for Best Picture. Because, right. you know, I mean, after all, that was the first Best Picture. Uh, was I mean, Wings. that was, that was uh, cutting edge of the Oscars right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, cutting edge. In fact, they, they, uh, they in fact came up with that nominations. They they tabulated all the nominations on a performa, as it turns out. Uh, and then they <laughs> and then they, they still have an AOL email account and they emailed oh, them out yeah. to um, the Academy members to vote from. They were very, on their broadband network. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they really broke the mold with that one. Yeah, seriously, seriously. Uh, really, really out of the box thinking. But anyway, um, we so I thought that, and I thought, okay, well, this is the ringer for for uh, best picture. I saw Jojo Rabbit. I said, I love this movie. It's got the right amount of quirk, the right amount of humor, right? It was a really well balanced film. I thought overall, um, but I thought it's not going to win. I think Taika Waititi is going to get it for best screenplay. Turns out I was right. Um, and then I saw Parasite. I'm like, God damn it! I wish <laughs> the Academy would do the right thing and make this best picture because this was so out there and you think it's a comedy and then it takes a hard left turn like halfway through um and it was just so well done uh and i said for sure it's gonna win international film no question 
I really was hoping against hope that they would uh, that they would actually give it to Best Picture, and they did. So I had it between those two. It was between 1917 and between Parasite. And, uh, man, just... <laughs> it, it was funny to watch how Bo Joon-ho got more and more drunk throughout the evening and was right. trying to keep it together. Because he gave, like, what, four acceptance speeches, I think? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I also think it was just a matter of him, like, not true. There's a great photo that someone captured, and they've already, obviously, because it's 2020 and everything's been turned into a meme already, but mm-hmm. someone else is at the mic and, like, they have their statue and they're, like, they're giving their speech. And he's just, like, behind them, like, staring at the statue. And, like, it just sort of, like, encapsulated, like, I don't think he ever thought yeah. that, like, he would win. Like, not only did he win Best Director, did he win Best Original Screenplay and, mm-hmm. like, Best Internet. Like, I think he truly believed that, like, once that award was done he's like great i'm gonna go get shit face now and then they're like by the way you win best picture and he's like i don't what i did what now well uh, i mean to I, be I, honest he just seems like a really chill dude like i really want to hang out with that I guy i genuinely thought oh dave i think i totally talked over you you're fine okay um <clears throat> i was just i genuinely thought like once they announced uh best international film and that one i'm like okay they can't give it the best picture now like mm. it's you either get one or the other Same. you don't get both but um, I was pleasantly surprised and happily corrected by the Oscars. Um, mm-hmm. And I can't wait to watch Parasite because I haven't seen it yet because I really mm. only saw The Irishman and Joker. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> because I have been very, very busy this year. So, um, yeah, I- you're getting married. Like, that, that's just a thing. Well, I'm getting married. Um, and my brother's having another kid. And right, yeah. My it was all future. Jokes. My I'm future with you. Father I only saw two. I saw Joker and Marriage Story. That was it. Yeah. I So yeah. a Marriage Story, I purposely uh, didn't watch because I'm getting married this year. And I'm like, I don't want to be sad. <laughs> yeah. What did I see? I saw Joker. I saw Irishman. I saw Jojo Rabbit. Um, I stayed away from Ford versus Ferrari because I'm honestly not into that kind of movie. I'm just, this is not my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, um, what else did I see? Definitely, did I say I saw Joker? I saw Joker and I fucking loved it. Um, and then I didn't see, I still, I really, 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 really want to see Little Women though. Oh yeah. my God. Oh, so, so do I. I'm the most excited for it in terms so of I don't, catching up. So like Little Women as a story, I've never been into, which yeah. is a maybe kind of ironic i don't know big surprise Uh, well no i mean it's it's supposed to be actually pretty like female empowering especially when it's Mm -hmm. told right and everything and it's just to me i'm like "Eh, i don't know (laughs) just like sometimes i'm kind of over period pieces set in that time period i guess yeah right Um, right yeah well i think particularly interesting yeah i think for me uh i appreciated that because we we ended up doing a thing where the Stanford Theater where we live had was doing um, uh, a double feature of the 1949 and uh, version of Little Women and the version with Catherine Hepburn from the 30s. Mm. Mm. So we saw both those versions, and then later we ended up seeing Little Women. So I felt 
pretty prepared going into th- to the new version. But Brian, everyone is expecting and comparing it to the Winona Ryder version. Yeah, that's true. And I'm and I only watched the Winona, the Winona Ryder version from the ni- 1994, and I know that people say that's the most perfect version of it. I'm not going to comment on that because I haven't seen it all the way through, so I don't. Yeah. I can't say. But what I will say is. The non-linear nature of the film, I thought, was very, very interesting. She did a, she mm-hmm. basically did a Tarantino cut, minus the mm-hmm. no, minus f bombs and violence uh, of and this feet. movie. No more feet, which would make it way more interesting. <laughs> could be, <laughs> could be. Um, but I appreciate <laughs> it. But I will say it was a little hard for me to, I, t- being of two brains, trying to turn, t- trying to turn off the. I've already seen this this story several times. And I just want to mm-hmm. try to follow as it is. It was harder to follow until you got about halfway through and then you're realizing okay you're starting to see the pieces come together um right but i thought that was also very interesting i think it helped me having known other versions of the story to because i've also seen the stage musical of it um to help understand where we are where we're at in and what's going on but um that being said i thought it was a fresh take i thought Saoirse Ronan was was great in that film um I'm really bummed out that Greta Gerwig didn't get a nomination. Um, yeah. Same. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. I to think everybody that is. I'd seen Marriage Story and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but um, mm-hmm. I I didn't scroll down far enough. Um, but Marriage <laughs> Story, to be honest, that was Adam Driver's film. Like Adam Driver yeah. was the heart of that film, and Adam Driver one hundred percent agree drove it to, for me all the way home. Like Scarlett Johansson was kind of an afterthought. Um, it, it, it was Adam Driver all the way. Yeah, and it makes me it makes me want to see more from him be- beyond being Kylo Ren. Like mm-hmm. I always knew he was a good actor, but like Marriage Story, you're right, Roxy is a thousand percent his story, and yeah. uh, which is ironic because it's basically, from what I understand, it's like it's Noam Baumbach's retelling of his own divorce from uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, you know, with the caveat that like everyone thinks he's a fucking genius, and I mean, you know, it's his own story. Go for it, Ben. Um, I will say, though, uh, back to Little Women, I really do want to see that. Uh, she did an interview on another podcast that I listened to uh, where she kind of talks about the writing of the script. And it was just so interesting to hear her talk about the nonlinear format and that I was like, I had no interest in seeing it really because like I saw a stage play of it. And like my other knowledge of it is from Friends from that one episode where he like reads it and he's oh, yeah. scared that Beth's going to die. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Before Joey became completely stupid, um, he used to read books. Uh, fun little factoid, kids. Um, and so, to me, um, her her passion for it like really sold it to me. Like I was like, I want to see her story. I want to see her version of it uh, wholeheartedly. Um, that's definitely on my list to see, and uh, uh, certainly, I definitely want to see Parasite. Mm, yeah. Can definitely. we back up real quick about Adam Driver, though? I um, I just want to say, Brian or Dave. Um, I remember he was in a movie. It was about a bunch of kids in this family, and their dad died, and they had to go like help with their mom with the wake and everything like that. And Tina Fey's in it, and he plays like the youngest brother, and Jason Bateman's oh, in it. Oh, right? yes. yes, 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 yes. I'm forgetting the name of it. I remember you mentioning it before in a previous episode, right? About like I, that's why they chose him to be in uh, uh, Star Wars because he has like this really tender moment with Jason Bateman, right? So mm. what I'm just saying is, is like when you kind of go back and like knowing like what Adam Driver can do now, 
you see like the roots of that in that movie and you mm-hmm. know also in girls oh, and stuff like that the but, movie's like, called this is where i leave you this is where i leave you, you. thank yeah. you yeah and i i saw that one and i was because i'd seen a few episodes of girls with him in it and i was like okay <laughs> this guy's kind of weird and then him seeing girls. him in this i was like oh this guy's got chops like there's something <laughs> happening here so um i'm really glad that he's getting uh he's getting his spotlight now Speaking of spotlights, can we talk about that opening number with Mr. Janelle Monet? Oh my God! If I could be any more obsessed with Janelle Monet, I, she's just so freaking fantastic. Oh I've God. loved her music for quite some time. I love yeah. seeing her in movies. I love her ripping the shit out of the Oscars in front of the Oscars' fucking face. <laughs> oh! Her and everyone so else. Good. Everyone yeah, else really sort of like seemed to be like, nah, we're just, we're, we're done with it. We're just going to start yeah. saying whatever the fuck we want to say. Yeah, I love that everybody was really just taking the piss out of the Oscars, which is, you know, needs to happen every once in a while. True, um, true. But yeah, I, mean, I will say s- this, though. It was really uncomfortable to see her trying to get the actors to start singing with her. Like, yeah. It was the only cringe moment that I had where it was like, no, 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 honey, stop. Maybe. Yeah. Well, so it's just really weird. So, okay, so I've seen Janelle Monet perform live. Um, Mm -hmm. I've actually seen her perform that song live because that song is, um, it's come alive from her, um, her album, Arc Android. Um, and she obviously just adapted all the lyrics. It's like the same, same melody and same chorus sort of, but the word, the lyrics of the verses were all changed. Um, and so I've basically seen her like do that audience hype thing and concerts and it super works because she's Mm -hmm. a little spitfire. I just think like. To, as a warm-up for the Oscars, maybe kind of came a little bit out of nowhere. Mm. Um, but they had Questlove warming them up as they walked in. I don't know. Yeah. I They were also, flat, dude. They were The she, audience was super flat. She did stumble a little bit in her uh, Mr. Rogers intro with her um, yeah. side boob. Um, oh, that's because right. Her, her button. button was undone. And yeah. then her... But she, like... I mean, she played the whole thing really cool. She, like, just kept going. Um uh-huh. But I thought it was really good. I loved having built, like, when Billy Porter came in. Um, yeah. One of my favorite dancers from So You Think You Could Dance was in the ensemble, Alex Wong. Mm-hmm. Alex yeah. Wong was there? Yeah, he was one of the dancers. <gasps> was he Jesus. one of the Midsummer dancers? Because they had the Midsummer dancers, and that freaked me out. <laughs> he was in, he was, like, in a black suit with, like, gold, gold hmm. trim on it or something. Oh, but, shit. Like, um, yeah. But, yeah, no, I thought, I thought the message of her song was awesome. And then mm. going from that into Steve Martin and Chris Rock was also pretty fantastic i thought oh they're God, yeah. you see i will say so good. i liked their gig but then it was it just kind of made me i felt like it made me think like well why are they not just hosting because then Seriously. from that point forward you had like random people coming in who like that one girl from joker whose name i'm i'm, I'm forgetting zazzy beats like ter- yeah what? poor thing was like she was super nervous and like has this thing and it's like you are or you had the guy from Hamilton doing an introduction. Like well, I kind of liked that you were highlighting it, but also it just felt so incongruous to the entire Well, so night. what was interesting about that is that all those all those kids, um, you know, the kid from nineteen seventeen, the kid that's gonna be um in the heights next next summer, basically. That's Oh, I didn't get that. Yeah, I see Anthony Ramos. Ramos. That's what he's doing. So basically all of and having um Rose from Star Wars yeah, they're they're bringing them in because they are the next generation. Generation, good point, good point. And, yeah, fine. And the best part about that next generation of actors is look they're at the not di- white. like look at the diversity of them. Look at who they yeah. are. Mm-hmm. There's so many different types, yeah. and I think that was kind of actually really important to see. And kind of it's not just all about the old 
yeah, the old guard. It's the new guard coming into. So, Speaking, so and not that I just yeah. not that I hated it. It was just so, it just felt so like blatantly like in the last years when they didn't have a host, it didn't bother me as much. But this time it really hit me more because I was just mm. like, oh, like it's just it's not. You want that? It's thing weird that all together. Yeah, because like you had exactly. like the two guys like opening up like every other monologue that you've seen them do when it's like a duo, like when Steve Martin and Alec Baldwin did their thing. Like they kind of did a similar riff. And I was like, oh, this feels like an old Oscars episode. And then, then they were like, but look at all this new stuff we're doing with no hosts. And I was like, Ugh, okay, it's kind of strange. I, 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 don't get me wrong. The jokes were funny. And I like that they took a piss out of the Oscars, too, because like they you know, talked about the underrepresentation of women in, in the categories. The, mm-hmm. uh, his joke about Harriet Tubman, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, hiding all the black nominees was, was hilarious. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and I, that's why I felt, too. I felt like that. It was, they were trying to simulate what it would be like if we had a host, but without a host. Yeah. And it it wasn't entertaining, yes. It still made me wish that there was that consistency that you were talking about. That there is that yeah. through line of I a, will of say a though, host. Not to, not to cut you up, but like when they would go into musical numbers, there was no clear delineation that they were going into a musical number. Like, there was a girl... Um, I forget. Maybe I wasn't paying attention, but like she was a she was a, a larger girl wearing a black dress, and she like just starts singing, and I had no oh, idea Christine what that song was. Yeah. That Christine Metz? Yeah, yeah that Christy was Metz. she. Yeah, she's from uh, she's in This Is Us, but she was in a movie called Breakthrough that didn't get nominated for anything except for best song. Which is straight like it, to me, it just felt like any like even when Randy Newman like they did a weird pan to like Toy Story, which visually is appealing i suppose but like i felt yeah. like the the visual appeal for that worked better when that that female conductor was doing all the scores sure mm-hmm. like when they went yeah. down to the score thing i was like okay that makes sense but when they do like the best original song like going into them felt very strange yeah. i like the thing yeah i just feel like there's no coincidence that this year's ratings for the oscars was the lowest that they've had in wow. a long time it's I actually it was the lowest was ex- they've had in all time Actually, yeah, it, it um, was the choppiest show. There was no yeah. clear segues. They got rid of all of the spectacle. It was, you know, straight to the point. People who got cut off shouldn't who shouldn't have been cut off were cut off. People whose speeches should not have been as long as they were were longer than they should have been. Yeah, um, and the show was, was still three and a half hours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, and, and then all of a sudden, Eminem starts singing. Like, yeah, it was so oh. random. So why? Random. It's well, not even honestly, 20th anniversary show? of that movie. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, was... to be fair, he won an Oscar for that, but it did feel like it came out of nowhere. Um, honestly, dude, this was Frankenstein's monster of an Oscar <laughs> show. Like, okay, it but, was so choppy. But there were so many good moments, too, that I think are worth noting, right? So mm-hmm. um, I think, first of all, Josh Gad should totally be allowed to host it at some point because his <gasps> intro for... Yeah, it was good. Um, for Indina Menzel and all of the other voice actresses from various movies across the world are very the one with the ones of Frozen shoes. 2. Yeah, I mean, I actually thought that was a really beautiful moment. I kind of got a little choked up. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought uh, that Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph's intro was mm. flippin' delightful. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I actually even liked Julia Louis-Dreyfus's and uh, Will Ferrell's. It was like kind of a different style of humor, but it was really funny yeah. to me, too. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. They get you at the door. They they cart you to set. The cinematographers. <laughs> cinematographers. Cinematographers are the best. The unsung heroes of cinema. Yeah. I felt like, if anything, it was almost like an audition reel of possible hosts. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah and that's true. And so, I, if, I may, if I may, I really wish 
we need to maybe draft together as a as a group what are the things that the oscars need both maybe in terms of award categories and in terms of format of show what does the academy need to do to bring an audience back to the oscars well Hugh i Jackman. think the, right that was pretty good i think um the in memoriam for whatever reason this year just did not get me the way it normally does they snubbed no. luke perry they snubbed luke perry well, and I don't know if it was well. They stubbed Carol Chan- snubbed Carol Channing the year before, so, mm. and I was real upset about that because mm. uh, I think but she was Kobe even Bryant nominated for it. an Oscar and they didn't put her in there. So f that. I mean, Billie Eilish sounded beautiful, but Meh. I see what you're saying. Yeah, she's fine. Meh. I mean, I, mean, I, I, guess I she's don't doing think the new James Bond song. Did you guys know that? Yeah, yeah I did. Super yeah. stoked. I love her so much. I think the problem is though, and like I personally. Uh, had no issue with like walking Phoenix speech. Like I kind of was like, cool. Like I do agree that in, in his stance that as somebody who is on a platform and you have a lot of people staring at you and there's a camera, like it is almost like a duty to have some sort of something to say, mm-hmm. uh, use it to your, you know, use, use the power for good, not evil. Um, but having been down here, I see it far more is that there's so many people in this world that are like, well, you're Hollywood liberals, go fuck yourself. Like, you're just jerking each other off for these awards, blah, 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 blah. So nobody takes that particular part of it seriously. And nobody takes these awards seriously other than Hollywood. I will say, in my own personal opinion, I feel like there used to be, like, a statistic. Like, you could almost follow and guess, like, you know, who was going to win just based off of, like, well, how much marketing did that movie make and how much, you know, time did they spend, like, campaigning and this, this, and that. I was, like, and like we said earlier, pleasantly surprised that like a movie that had won international best picture one best picture uh did not see that coming so to me it tells me like there might be a nice shift happening where like people might be actually going to awarding the movies or selecting movies that are not just like the mainstream movies like i think we'll still get those those outliers of you know like the irishmen's or you know uh, the you know the the marriage stories um, but hopefully this might be like a nice cata, you know, a nice uh, not not cataclysmic, but like a nice uh, a catalyst of a shift towards something where we start to actually recognize movies that maybe people aren't seeing all the time, uh, mm-hmm. which is good because everyone I know, everyone kind of like with the Twitter sphere that I had read, where people were like, "What the fuck is Parasite? I've never seen that movie." It's like, well, go see a fucking movie, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. go see it. Fuck off. Well, so the, the other problem. <laughs> go ahead. I was just going to say, so if we're talking about things that we think are going to make the Oscars better, aside from just recognizing a more diverse pool of movies, (coughs) comedies, comedies, (coughs) um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and more broad comedies, to be honest. Um, But I do think, like, seeing a category for uh, stuntmen and stunt directors, um, I think having one for mocap and, like, those kinds of actors, for voice actors, um, there's, like, there's a huge gap in that mm-hmm. that I that don't get recognized and not like I'm saying I mean you can't add everything in and show I mean obviously there's like the technical academy awards that we don't best get to grips see. Be- well because it's gonna be like freaking five hours long as opposed to three and a half but right yeah yeah and some people have even talked about doing it over two nights and I feel like that might oh, be a that's little, too much yeah mm, so well so okay here's what I think I mean Roxy first off I don't want to say Roxy what would you change before I jump in Oh God! Um, I would Brad bring Pitt in back, every category. Yeah, Brad Pitt in every category. No, I mean I would bring back the spectacle that um, I mean I always hearken back to the 2008 Oscars hosted by Hugh Jackman because that's my golden standard, frankly. 
um, I want to bring back the spectacle that that show inspired in me. And a lot of it had to do with hyping up the nostalgia, hyping up the video packages of the, you know, montages of the films of over the past year, um, really adding in some really beautiful transitions to every category, um, punching up the musical numbers. Honestly, I think just making it more of a hearkening back to the golden age of Hollywood, um, where it was kind of like, you know, almost like... Um, uh, what's that? The, the, the just, just like you know, basically big group numbers and big a big group effort because yeah. this one felt Ensembles. very yeah, yeah kind of like um, what what are those musicals called where they had like the the um the effects of like all the dancers coming uh oh like uh, a uh, sequence like oh, a like. Do you remember like the old kaleidoscope effect that they would do with the dancing and like the those old shots of like those old Oh uh, god, yeah. I know what you're talking you know. about. Yeah, it's just like the gold classic movie musical. I understand what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. yeah. I would love if an Oscars captured that. I mean, we are easily coming up on the 100th Oscars. And you guys realize that's in 8 years. Yeah. yeah. Like I think we can do that for the 100th one. I think <laughs> The hundredth definitely deserves to have a hell of a spectacular show. I don't give a fuck if it's six hours long. I just want to have an Oscars that truly celebrates film. And by celebrate, I mean truly, literally celebrate. It doesn't have to be a political, um, you know, diet. Platform. It has to yeah. just be a party. Like, let's yeah. have a party to celebrate. Jesus. Yeah, and that's the thing. Come on. Yeah, well, and that's so, the like, Okay. Oh, no, go ahead, Brian. Okay. So, because I have a lot to say. You guys have all said things that have spurred up a couple, a lot, a lot of thoughts. Um, number one, I, I actually don't like that the, angry. that the speeches are getting too political. I look, I, I get it, but that was a that was a, a, a platform that worked in the seventies and eighties. Like nowadays, Middle America does not give a fuck what celebrities mm-hmm. think. They just don't. And yeah. you know, I wish that you no, know, they would be less dicks about it, and maybe realize that they're humans too, and they have the right to an opinion. But they're not likely to change that opinion anytime soon. So I feel like it's it's killing airtime is what it's doing. Um, that being said, I, I do agree. More spectacle. Bring back a host who knows what they're doing. Like yes. and and they. I think that they thought ABC thought that. Because there was lower ratings, they needed to reinvent the wheel. No, maybe you need to consider that what you were doing sucked that year. Mm-hmm. It wasn't necessarily that you put that format together that way. It maybe it was just that the things you put in to fill in the format weren't good. So yeah. there's that. Um, yes, I do think we need to have reformed categories. I think there should be comedy uh, acting awards. There should be an ensemble acting award. Yeah, tag um, awards. Yeah, seriously. Um, th- why? Who decided there has to be five nominees for uh, each category? Like, I feel like that's kind of. I don't know. I just there, there's there, there's a lot of things about. I think they could reconsider how they do nominations in the first place. But also, the fact that the matter is is that you know Oscar So White happened how many years ago? Four years ago now, and there were strides that were made to help improve. The process, because they added in, you know, they invited a lot more people of color into the Academy, and they tried to put in rules for how long you could stay a member of the Academy, that, like, there is an expiration date. Mm-hmm. But I also think they need to put in a voting cap. Like, if, if you're a, at a certain age, I'm sorry, if you're at a certain age and you're retired from the film industry, I don't think you should be voting. 
in for for who should be nominated. You know, each nomination branch nominates who gets um, or chooses who the nominees are, and then everybody else, the entire Academy, votes for all the awards. And it's if you still have a bunch of old white guys who you know haven't made a movie since the mid '80s, but are still in the breathing, branch. Yeah, yeah, but are still breathing and therefore are still voting Academy members. Like the system's just not going to change. It's going. It's not going to change fast enough for our current fast-paced hey, world. Hey, uh, John Peters is trying to stay relevant. Okay. Okay. Yeah, marrying Pamela Anderson for twelve days. He's doing um, the best he can. <laughs> twelve days. It was. It he was. Is, it was twelve days. Um, he is Batman. Did they get a divorce already? Yes, they yeah. did. Yeah. Dang. Um, Eat your heart out, Brittany. And and, and I think she that's the problem. I was following that story. The the Academy <laughs> is almost a hundred years old. And they can't keep up with how fast we are moving as a society. Um, I mean, and there's other institutions that are having problems with that. One would argue our government is having a problem with that, but um, with keeping no. up with with the pace of it. But they have to. The thankfully, that the academy can change faster. They don't. I mean, you know, there are reforms they could institute. I think they kind of need to do some real heavy, like rethinking about the whole process um, yeah. before they even figure out how they make the show work um because the show could be a dramatically different i remember back when not that i was alive when it happened but the the academy awards used to be a newsreel it was like a 15 minute newsreel they would put in front of movies at the movie theaters Mm -hmm. you know um the live telecasts have only been around for about 50 years or so i love you're like i wasn't alive for them yeah you mean the 1920s yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, no shit brian well so the but um, what i'm trying to say is that i know what you mean though yes the telecasts didn't happen until the 1950s and or maybe even the 60s um so i don't know no the The idea of it being on netflix might even be an option the first telecast was 1964 there you go so, uh, 56 years. So, um, Damn. yeah, jump in, Sarah. I, I agree. Well, I was just going to say real quick, um, kind of about it being political, um, and that the speeches don't necessarily need to be political and all this other stuff. And, uh, maybe the acceptance speeches don't need to be, I don't know. I do think, um, having the hosts and the presenters, et cetera, kind of calling the Oscars out for what it is right now is what's driving the changes. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so you don't want that to necessarily stop because of if, if they can have those conversations behind the scenes all they want, but it's when they start using the platform and they start saying it on stage on live television, that's, what's going to be driving it harder, faster. Nice. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Giggity. Harder, um, faster, longer. But um, also, um, but also to that end, there are certain times, uh, certain um, certain times in our, I think, in our society, et cetera, that people do need to use those platforms. And at times when, um, you know, the the obvious injustices in the world are this obvious. Um, in particular, especially with uh, climate change, when there's literally a ticking time bomb for this effing planet, like. Not to use my platform for a soapbox, but I think that these are times when we do need to see role models, adults, grown-ups, because you never know who that stuff is going to inspire. Um, you know, we need to see people saying all this stuff and, and pushing the envelope somehow or just driving that message home. 
or else it's just going to look like nobody cares. Yeah. That's fair. So, I just feel like it's I, such a it, it you're 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 yelling into a vacuum when you're on your on stage yes for 45 no. seconds. Yes and no. I think it also depends. What's what was the difference between Joaquin Phoenix's uh acceptance speech versus Renee Zellweger's? Uh yeah. Joaquin Phoenix His was more pointed and hers was sort of like let's try to be more inclusive and yeah, he's she, like we need to fucking do something like, let's guy. Get along. And like, also, can I just say like when the hell did she did, get this like super strong twang? Did this just like come out of nowhere in the past No, she's years? from Texas. She's been she's from Texas forever. Been from Texas, but know, she but also was like out of the spotlight. Way worse now. Well, yeah, I thought it was really overt too. To be but fair, I, she's I, been out of the spotlight for what, six years? That's yeah, true. I, I, I agree. I see where you guys are coming from, but also I'm kind of in Sarah's camp. Like I think you a lot of people don't um they have this notion that because they live, that these people live these privileged lives, uh, which are really blessed lives, right? I mean, like you wake up, you get to go to work, and they ostensibly get to do things that people consider to be easy. These uh, people are millionaires, David. They're literal millionaires. Right. But I also think that you have a, a sort of like a moral obligation to sort of like, you can either use that money to become part of the thing that makes the system broken, or you can use your, your power and your funding or your abilities to try to better the world. And if that means that you sit there and make a documentary about climate change, or if you fund or produce a documentary about that, or if you're going on a platform and you're like, I want to do blah, blah, blah to try to do this, this, and that. Like, you know, I think you should be allowed to do it because like, I'm like with Brian, like they are human beings. They are allowed to form an opinion just like we are. You know, if Joaquin Phoenix wants to sit on, uh, stand on that stage and tell us that we're all assholes because we like milk, then like maybe we're assholes because we like milk. You know, like it's, 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 to me, it's like you are you have that ability if you want to push something that you feel unless he's sitting there and being like let's bring back nazism and let's kill baby jews like then i'm like maybe you shouldn't be saying those types of things but if it's something that's going to better the humanity because his message was about how we need to be together rather than apart then i'm like by all means dude speak your truth do what you got to do say what you have to say sure Um, and it's and it's hard too because there's like there's a fine line right there's yeah using a platform um, and using your resources and your privilege to help elevate causes is super important. And then there's taking the step forward of then instead of using that platform yourself, then give that platform to somebody else who is voiceless, who doesn't have yeah. that kind of thing and center their voices, right? So right. there's still like another step to go. And that I think is what makes us kind of like roll our eyes sometimes. So yeah. like, yes, it's good. Let's make it better. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Yeah. To, yeah. My last little soapboxy moment of that is that there was this commercial that they kept playing over and over during the broadcast, which was like a Rolex commercial. Mm-hmm. And it had, you know, Scorsese and Catherine Bigelow and James Cameron and Alfonso Cuaron, like talking about the people that inspired them. And they had this message in that commercial about how they are now the people that are inspiring others to mm-hmm. go off and like tell stories. And to me, you know, Uh, for obvious reasons, I feel this way. Like, I feel like, you know, people in those positions are like, like, I feel like you're in that position. You are inspiring somebody to want to get up there. Like, you know, Roxy is still, you know, gobsmacked by this performance that, you know, uh, that Hugh Jackman gave a few, you know, almost 
10 years ago and or over 10 years ago now 12 years ago and like to me it's like that inspired roxy and so these people are inspiring somebody to want to go up and do something and maybe they will make a movie like spotlight or maybe they will make a movie like roma which is you know highlighting something that we should be highlighting or or they make a documentary that's like really great today i watched uh the animated short film that got that that won the oscar hair Hair love Love. oh my god i was crying at my fucking desk it's on youtube Mm. Like just Google it and you can find it's such a sweet story. There's but it's like you could be inspiring somebody to be like, I want to tell a story that's going to affect somebody. And maybe that well affects somebody in a change that can then change help change the world. And if you affect one person and that person affects another person, it's like a pyramid scheme. But it's like mm. the most enriching pyramid scheme because like you're you're <laughs> you're hopefully the goal is, is that at the end of it, you've all created something that's made the world a better place. Uh, and, and you know, that's that's sort of what you hope, at least in my brain. So, like, fuck milk. There you go. <laughs> episode title. Yeah. Your anatomy episode zero. Fuck milk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, since we're getting to about an hour, let's go ahead and let's start to wrap this up. So, first of all, thank you guys for all your comments. This, this is great. I, lo- I missed having these kind of conversations. That was oh, great. I miss you guys so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is fun. So yeah, let's talk so to the nerds fun. directly. So sure. what's the next step for Nerdonomy? Um, so we obviously don't have any feedback to share, so we're not going to share feedback right now, but we will have a feedback segment of our show, just like we always have. Um, the question is next. Is, so we're probably wondering, when are we going to start to hear more episodes? Um, I can tell you, we can all attest, we are hard at work on, on a new season. Um, we have right now, we are in the development stages. We've got a list of episodes that we're going to do. Uh, we are going to, I think it sounds like we're going to adopt a season format where we're going to, you know, do a bunch of episodes. Then we're going to take a break for a while and then we're going to do more episodes and we're going to take another break for a while. Kind of like the way other shows do it. So, um, it's better for us because we all have busy lives and, you know, uh, so, uh, we've got about 25 episodes of uh, maybe even a few, give or take a few, there might be a few more, a few less, uh, that are kind of in various stages of development and, we're hoping to release those. It looks like sometime late spring, early summer is what we're hoping to do. So uh, you're going to be seeing gonna more be on the, the regular from there. Yeah, and this is going to be the best of nerdonomy. It's not just all nerds on film or all nerds on history. It's going to be the best of both mm-hmm. worlds mm-hmm. with, like we said, a lazy Susan of rotating hosts. And it's just going to be oodles and oodles of fun. We can't wait for you guys to join us. And yeah. we can talk about all kinds of things, too. So we could talk about books and comics and TV and mm-hmm. music and mm. all that other good stuff on top of history and film because let's face it we still love those things too and we wouldn't older. be Nerdonomy without a Christmas episode so we'll see oh, yeah. you guys in December of course <laughs> oh yes we are planning now. a Christmas episode as well indeed. we're wiser now we, are we, we now we we know more fart jokes than we did 10 years ago <laughs> so we can throw those at you it is gonna be a great time guys yeah. So um, you you may have noticed that, wait a second, I was a Nerds on History subscriber. How the heck am I getting this episode? We've merged the feeds together. So uh, in other words, one is redirecting to the other and we redirected to the the feed that had, we redirected the feed that had the most listeners to the Nerds on Film feed and the Nerds on Film feed converted to Nerdonomy. So um, if you think of it this way, Brian, it's like, uh, it's like gerrymandering. We put two districts together in order for our show to be heard louder and clearer. 
and to benefit <laughs> us financially. Exactly. Of course, now we just fed it all yeah. off these uh, poor, young, innocent ears who were expecting a clean podcast right into the filthy one. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, this one was actually fairly tame. Hey, there was kids. a couple of swears. Nothing crazy. Yeah, it, it um, we can't promise that for every episode, especially when we the episode's Sean's. We can't promise that when Sean's on. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, God. So, when Sean's on, you got to ear it, kids. So the great thing is, you know, look... You don't have to listen to every episode. We totally respect that. We understand that. No, but we want you to. Jesus, please. <laughs> yeah, we do want you but to I listen to every episode. But if you are more of the nerds on history sensibility and you like the fact that it was cleaner, we yeah. will mark the episodes that are clean as clean. We will mark the episodes that are explicit as explicit. So you'll know, okay, there we go. I might want to skip this one. Um Think of it as like as a buffet. You're going to see a list of episodes and you're going to be like, oh, I want to hear them talk about. Little Women as a book. Maybe we can do yes. a book club episode. Yeah, and we will be doing a staggered release. We will not be r- dropping them all in one. We won't do like what they do for Serial, where they drop all at once. But we will, but we will do a consistent release basis until the episodes for the season are done. And I'll do a little thing to let you know that we've reached the season finale, and then we'll let you know when the next season. Because in the season finale, we're all going to get amnesia, sleep with each other, and then we're going to wake up and find out that one of us as a couple was actually a brother and sister duo, and that's the cliffhanger. (laughs) I'm betting on Sarah and Brian. Yeah. Oh my. Brother and sister duo. The tension you could cut it with a knife. It's gotta be familial. (laughs) Wow. All right. Put your bets up now, ladies and gentlemen. Just want to let you know, the marriage and family therapist is when I just made that joke. Yeah. So, just want to make sure that's super clear. Brian, Brian, she's trying to get business. Okay. So. No, I'm not. Are you fucked up? Do you want to be? Come see me. I'll fuck you up and then I'm gonna fuck you. There you go. Do you know what? How much of a nightmare it is for me to know that possibly clients of mine are googling my name and finding this shit. And that's why you use a different last name. Yeah, well, you live and you learn, Sarah. You live and you learn. <laughs> I have not learned, but I have lived. <laughs> yeah, well, she's oh no, she's God, doing what so uh, Atlantis Morrison did. She, you lose and you learn is what you did. So, oh, yeah. God. Oh, nice reference. <laughs> yeah. Pulled that one out of the ether. Thank you. Anyway, we should get going. So uh, it is that time, nerds. So until we meet again. Stay nerdy and tune into our next exciting episode. Mm-hmm. Same nerd time, same nerd channel, nerdonomy.com. Bye. See ya. Peace. You're still here? Uh, it's over. Well, okay, well, you know what? How about this? He can hear Roxy having an orgasm while uh, Brad Pitt get, wins the Oscar. Enjoy. And the Oscar goes to Brad Pitt. Woo! Ah! <laughs> Scotty, he did it! He fucking did it! I love Brad Pitt. What's it? I love Brad Pitt. What? What's the? Oh my god! (laughs) Yeah. Damn, Skippy.